0: Hello Assassins, Gargudon here, and welcome to episode 14 of the Assassin's Creed podcast, The Memory Corridor. Today I'm joined by AC Let's Talk, and as usual, just before we jump into the discussion, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do here in the community.
1: So I am a podcast host for um, Let's Talk Assassin's Creed. It's mainly a fan service to the community. I've been a fan since day one, and I wanted to return the favor to the community by... Not just giving a podcast where I talk about the law, but talk about my own thoughts, feelings, and a few theories on some of the stories we've heard in the series so far.
0: That sounds great. Um, So yeah, you can definitely go check that out by yourself. Links will be in the description below as usual. So today we are going to be focusing on what I guess you could call a more serious topic than what we usually discuss here on the show. As many of you probably know, the Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed communities have been in a weird state for about the last month and a half, with everything from allegations of sexual assault being made against well-known employees to cases of female Assassin's Creed characters being cut for time due to controversial marketing strategies seeing the spotlight. So given all this and the future uncertainties that go with it, we thought it would only be right to cover what the future of Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed, and the AC community might consist of. So without further ado, let's jump right into this. The first thing I want to talk about is, what do you think the next step for Ubisoft as a whole is on the other side of this internal crisis, both in terms of them cleaning up their own company and all the future games they are going to be making?
1: Um, I kind of think the next steps is not much of a change to start with. I do think the cleaning house, making sure the actual workspace is more designed to be Helpful and supportive of the women's colleagues, and maybe put more security measures in place so women never can feel that they have to stay silent and they can speak up, and hopefully it's brighter. But the games themselves, I don't think too much will change now because we are in a late phase for a lot of the games from Valhalla to uh, Watch Dogs Legions. But games in a couple of years' times, I think they may. Try and strategize more to the female lead that they're supposed to have, especially for Assassin's Creed.
0: Absolutely, I. Not that I think it's going to happen, given Ubisoft are such a uh, like they're one of the biggest game companies out there today, uh, no question. But I kind of hope if it, maybe they some good can actually come out of it because I feel like in recent years Ubisoft they put out so many games that many of them just feel kind of bland. Uh, if you know what I mean like what do they usually they put out what three to four triple-a titles like On a yearly basis almost or, or, or you have done in recent years Like everything from you know, then we have like in one year. We have an Assassin's Creed game We also have like Watch Dogs game and Far Cry game So, you know, that's just it's just a lot like in a year compared to other uh, Video game companies that you know, like maybe only put out a game every three to five years but you know then they put Everything into that and then that game truly goes down in video game history, you know because it's just like it's to the detail and um, You know, I guess more time has been spent with it if you know what I mean
1: I do but I think one of Ubisoft's main Benefits from doing their strategy from what I've seen they do listen very well at times to the community so I know some games have struggled in the past but when they've done a sequel to that game they've improved from the feedback so they may release them too quickly and there should be more time to shine but they do try the hardest to listen and make sure that the next time they do this game it is better than before which is something not a lot of game companies have done in the past.
0: Not really listening to, as you say, feedback and such? Yeah I think...
1: Perhaps. It's weird to say
0: because... Sorry. uh, It's weird you say it because I feel like some, as you say, Ubisoft sequels in recent years have actually been worse than the first one. Um, That might be an unpopular opinion, but especially Watch Dogs. I really like the first Watch Dogs, and I still think it's a great game, even though I haven't played in a long time. But Watch Dogs 2, I fell off that very quickly. And that's sad because it does have some cool features, and it definitely had a lot more potential, I would say, Um, and I was pretty excited for it, but I don't know, I fell off pretty quickly, unfortunately. It just felt like the gameplay felt too repetitive.
1: I I, I do agree, Uh, I've played both of them, but my take from it at times is a lot of the complaints for Watch Dogs was the colour scheme, it wasn't very dark and bland. So the next game, they tried to up that, make it more bright and colourful, which they did. I had a lot of complaints with the protagonist, which they fixed in number two.
0: So That's weird, because I've heard some people say before that they didn't really like Aiden Pierce's character in the first game, but I don't know, I think it was awesome. He was awesome, like, he was a badass, for, uh, first of all, and, like, he had a good motivation. Like, you know, his six-year-old niece was killed, and now he's gonna fucking kill everyone who uh, had something to do with it, and he's, he's gonna he's going to shut down the city if that's what it takes, which he ends up doing, in the end. Um, and But Marcus Holloway's character, I didn't really connect with that character at all.
1: I do agree, I do think there's some connection issues. I I did do fall more into place with Aiden than do um, and Marcus, but for me the biggest takeaway always was, with all of Aiden's motives, he did mention a lot about not using weapons, but then, in the entire game, he's always using weapons, and to me, that isn't following the character development. You're just oh, adding yeah, gameplay yeah. elements that doesn't fit the character development.
0: Yeah, I guess you could do. I guess I could see what you mean. Um, not that I remember him saying not wanting to use guns and whatnot, but I guess you're right. You probably remember it better than uh, than I do. Um, so yeah. So I guess what we can take from this is that maybe not that it's going to happen but maybe it's going to as you said especially in terms of female representation it's definitely going to give ubisoft some time to kind of like reevaluate, reconsider you know give female characters more screen time uh if you can call it that and maybe that's probably not going to happen but maybe cut it down like not have so many projects at once um but like cut it down to maybe one or two big projects a year then they can still do like what is it, those rabbit games or Just stands or like those like minor titles, I guess you could call it.
1: I could see that happening and it would be a very good strategy, yeah. especially with a lot of the big yeah. executives, executives are now stepping down. Yeah, yeah.
0: but it's just like, as I said, like when you look at other game companies, like one of my other favorites, Rockstar Games, like they released, like, they used to put out games every year, but then like the, I guess now, uh, infamous Grand Theft Auto Five happened and then like, they didn't release a new title for, like, five years. Uh, then Red Dead the Redemption 2 came out, and, like, that is still, like, the most technical masterpiece of a game I've ever played, which just shows, like, um, as a like, how much, like, time they can really invest. And I think another is, uh, what's their name? CD Projekt Red. They have their cyberpunk thing coming up, and then they had, like, The Witcher 3 a few years ago, which, like, a lot of people say is, like, one of their favorite games ever. Um... So, you know, it, it could benefit Ubisoft that, like, maybe cut cut down the, the number of AAA projects.
1: I think the biggest example as well from Ubisoft will have to be Origins. The time frame from Syndicate to Origins is longer than a standard AC title. It was two and years Origins
0: and normally is beautiful. It's like yearly title.
1: Yeah, and it's a beautiful game. It's really stunning. There's not very many technical problems. Um, it's nice to look at. I think Odyssey had the same time as Origins' development, but they released a year later
0: yeah, because was, how close they worked yeah, with it was, Montreal, it was less than a, there was less than a year with uh, between the two uh, I think we've covered this pretty good. Is there anything else you uh, you want to add to this before we uh we move on uh I don't think so uh, okay. Alright, let's let's uh, let's move on then. So it recently hit the public that a former Ubisoft employee and game director on, amongst other, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, Asher Vismales original vision for the Assassin's Creed franchise would have led towards a conclusion and would have focused on a female protagonist in the upcoming AC Valhalla only. Most of this was, however, scrapped by the higher Ubisoft CEOs due to who knows what reasons. I want to know, what is your opinion on this, and do you think this explains why Assassin's Creed has gone in such a different and ultimately more polarizing direction in recent years since the release of Origins?
1: I'm very divided on this one, because if we look at the gameplay first, quite quickly, since Assassin's Creed 2, we've had minor RPG mechanics added into it, and Origins took all the minor RPGs since 2 and blew it up, so from a gameplay I think that was always going to happen, no matter if there was a female lead or they just still did a male lead. I always think RPG was destined, but on a story perspective, I think it could have changed it a lot of ways for the better. Yeah. I stand by that Origins should have had Aya. It would have been a perfect circle for the Brotherhood that we saw in number two, yeah,
0: with Aya in, now she, starting it. She was in the, uh, in like the basement in Monteregioni, wasn't she?
1: Yeah, she was Amunet one of the was, legendary assassins.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, think I, I remember that.
1: That would have fitted perfectly, and that would have made a lot more sense. And I love Bayek, and I love his story, but it would have been so cool to see the end of Origins where she's in Rome, starting the Italian Brotherhood, that one day Etio could be working for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 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 not that I uh, I mean it. I guess it is important, but not that I would say like that the female protagonist only aspect is like the biggest take from this. Like my biggest take from this is the fact that there actually was like an end to like the Assassin's Creed story planned and that was part of Ash's vision. But then like the, uh, like, you know, the higher CEOs at the company said like, we want to release this as a yearly title. Um, And you know, that just kinda, you know, that ruins the story in a way because Um, You might agree with me, I've probably said it before, but nowadays, like, the Assassin's Creed, especially the modern-day aspect, is all over the place. Uh, I mean, Leila Hassan, like, I just can't get invested to her character at all. Uh, I didn't really care about modern-day in in Origins, um, even though it was cool to have, like, third-person modern-day again, um, after we, you know, we didn't really have that for a couple of games, but the story was it's just was just boring I, I don't know if you agree with me on that one
1: i think it's a hard one because i did kind of enjoy um origin story but i didn't like that a lot of it was hidden in emails i
0: oh, yeah, yeah, still yeah. talk
1: to fans now that i tell them information and i'm like where was that and they were like oh in the emails and i admit i didn't read them i was bored of them but i think the problem is it's the shock and awe aspect when the game started no one wanted it to be, no one expected it to be a success because it was following in the footsteps of Prince of Persia. Now, 12 years later, it's one of the biggest franchises for them. They're not going to stop because so many people love the ideas.
0: Absolutely. But I think it
1: could have stopped but started anew.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's kind of um, weird. <laughs>
0: yeah, and um, be- because as I've said before, I. I I I can't help but feel like that the modern day story, you know, it started off on a good track. We have Az1 to three, which is like Desmond's story, and then we have Black Flag, which, you know, it wasn't as good, but we still had Sean, Rebecca, and you know, and you had all those cool hidden files you could find in Abstergo and whatnot. And you know, I guess it it was a good epilogue, you could say, to to like Desmond's story. Like, you know, I would ultimately say, even though in Unity and Syndicate it was just cutscenes. Um, it was it was still leading up to something good, like, um, I'd say, I, I guess you could say it like this, Black Flag was kind of an epilogue to Desmond's story, and Unity and Syndicate helped set up something, also with Juno, but you know, all of those ideas, and that was also revealed uh, that Juno was cut for time, because she was a female character or something, um, that just never happened. And I mean, Juno is THE definition of wasted villain potential. I mean I've talked about it before but imagine it like Juno is like threatening the world in the modern day and the assassins was like I don't know go back in time to like uh, through the animus of course to find like a, an ancient weapon that will be able to stop her or something Um but instead we're stuck with I mean I don't even know something I'm not really interested in
1: <laughs> it's a hard one because her story was finished in the comics and yeah, I've heard. I believe I I believe, and it's a theory, that they needed to do that because the comics blew up as well. They needed something for the comics to end on and they set up Juno's story in the comics alongside the game and I think it would have divided fans if they ended Juno's uh, story in the games and something different in the comics. They had to compromise and the sad compromise was we never got a faithful ending in the games, which is sad. But it makes a tiny and, bit of sense and I they mean, didn't I, want to I, split I, it.
0: And I mean, unless they like decanonize those comics, like I have very little hope for like how the franchise can could like end because I, as I've said before, I hope that we get an ending because let's say you could make like a few more games and then that's the end modern day wise. I mean, the story has ended, but then you can always make prequels. Whether that's like in feudal Japan, like which is uh, a fan favorite for future games, or or China, like uh, uh, expand Xiao Yun story or something, like you can always make prequels. I literally think there's unlimited potential for prequels. Then, um, but it's it's in my it's just sad to see. Like the first thing I when I read this was that like Ash is like he had a vision for like the not only Black Flag which is my favorite AC game as well, but it looks like for the franchise as a whole, years ahead, but that was scrapped due to bad business strategies, and that's just, it just makes me sad, and the first thing I thought was, no wonder the narrative's all over the place, and even though Ash, like, there's, like, uh, he's very, like, he's very infamous at the moment, you know, I do hope he figures everything out, and regardless, it seems like he, you know, he had a plan for this, and, like, Black Flag especially proves that, that like he was able to execute like like being a game director very well.
1: I do agree and I have a few theories on how it could end, and I do believe exactly what you said, if they end Assassin's Creed as it is now, they could do Templar-orientated games, which is just more about the Templars, as they've done in comics, they could give us an Assassin's Creed game without the Animus that's still part of the law, and instead of reliving a memory, we relive a life. We actually play the life of an assassin, which will negate the whole canon issues between the Animus and history because we'll play something that is stuck in history, which would be fantastic in my
0: eyes. So you're saying like Time travel things, or...? What I'm
1: suggesting is, imagine playing Assassin's Creed 2, um, but instead of playing it through the eyes of someone going into the animus, you actually play it through Ezio's eyes. This is his life. You're not playing somebody reliving his memories. You're just reliving his life. Everything he does, you do, is canon to history, if that makes sense. So it's no longer just about a memory. You're living an actual assassin. Yeah,
0: yeah. I um, I guess I see what you mean. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I'm ultimately hoping that it could like, uh, because it was revealed in, uh... I think it was Syndicate, that Desmond actually like had a son or something. Like, make him appear. <laughs> I mean, he's I've, in
1: the comics hidden. <laughs>
0: hidden. Oh, god. Oh my god. I, I I mean, I I haven't read any of the comics, so no wonder I'm I'm not up to date on on, uh, on any of this. <laughs> but um.
1: Yeah, he disappeared at the end of the last comics where Juno was destroyed. Oh my
0: god, it sounds yeah. It's, it's, it's almost <laughs> depressing to talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess like we we can just ultimately conclude that like that as I said for 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 who knows what reasons like the the higher you know and that's obvious that like the higher CEOs at Ubisoft you know they're like we can do all these cool stories. But first of all, for a company, we need to make money as well. But that doesn't mean you have to scrap like this cool vision for like this once really promising and fantastic game franchise. And it especially doesn't mean that female characters don't don't wouldn't sell. I mean in theory maybe, but who knows how reality would have played out. Because I, I always say this, not that I'm like uh, like super uh, pro feminism or anything, but if anything whether that's like games or movies i think it's always awesome to have a female character just because we're so used to male characters that it's cool to like try something else you know
1: i agree and like in most online
0: a... games where you can create your online characters i do a female character just because it's it's an opportunity to try something different
1: i agree um, i think a lot of the mmos you like create characters i play male just because i like to Uh, recreate me but in big franchises especially Assassin's Creed and stuff like that the idea of not having a female lead is a bit silly. A female lead can be and always will be as strong as a male lead. Horizon Zero Dawn is an outstanding game with a female lead. Tomb Raider is one of the biggest franchises out there with a strong female lead. So Assassin's Creed should have by now given us a strong female lead
0: yeah yeah absolutely um and i mean you know we only like played as as you said aya in in origins like a few times here and there and we had Evie in in syndicate like she's awesome um but other than that like in the main and then there's cassandra of course um but other than that you know like we haven't really had that many in like the main games which is kind of sad uh yeah, yeah. i would I have mean, liked to see we, more we, we've had like you know, supporting characters Elise De La Serre and uh, and uh, and Mary Reed and, and characters like that, which are greatly written characters. Um, you know, and Claudia Auditori, and, and all those people. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's just weird, like reading about all this and everything. And and as I said, like it's it's just as important, perhaps, like that the female aspect that they were cut for time due to in quote signs and marketing strategies but as, as I as I said like the main thing I take from this is that there actually was an end in sight but it was scrapped due to the fact that Ubisoft wanted it to keep it a yearly title because it sold so many copies each year and that way they could just like keep releasing a game every year uh, milking the franchise and make more money that way but a lot of companies
1: have done this in the past
0: absolutely um, but, but that doesn't mean you know you, you have to like sell out or anything. <laughs> oh god no. Um, no. No of course not. I mean um you can you can make like a game and then you can like release a sequel or something that's like even, like five times better like a few a few years later and that sells like just as many copies or something. It's sad. Um But yeah, I mean I, I think overall that like Maybe, yeah, I don't, I don't know, like, in terms of, uh, of what I asked you, like, you you didn't think that, like, this whole, that, like, this original plan for the franchise was scrapped led to, like, the the big change, in, change of direction the series is in now, like, the whole RPG fest thing?
1: No, because I've done a lot of research into this because I've had a lot of fans talking to me about how uh, origins and honestly aren't in Assassin's Creed because of RPG, but if you take time to look at Assassin's Creed 2, we had Inventory Management, which is basic RPG. We had The Villa, which is basic uh, base building from RPG. We had um, Crafting and Revelations, RPG again. We had The Homestead and Crafting and Resource Management of free RPG. Same in Black Flag, Unity had armor with gear stats, which is RPG. Syndicate expanded on that with a bit more gear stats, which is, again, RPG.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I just think, like, um, as I've said before, the the main, like, thing for me with Origins was the fact that, from how I've understood RPG games, was that the gameplay just became too repetitive, like, way, way, way too repetitive, and... It was too loosely structured and that just did, I I fell off kind of quickly. I think it's because, as we all can
1: maybe agree on, Assassin's Creed has never created a game that doesn't try and evolve. Two evolved from one, Brotherhood evolved and so on, and I think Origins was just them trying to evolve from Syndicate.
0: Yeah, but in my opinion at least, failing somewhat miserably at it. I, I kind of think
1: it's one of the best versions um, so far. That's cool. But that's just maybe me. <laughs> I
0: mean, don't get me wrong, the map is beautiful, and I do play it every now and then, just mess around. But maybe agree with me that, like, the, the gameplay gets a bit repetitive in a way. Like, it's literally just, like, countless quests and uh, countless locations uh, where many of them are the same. Um, and that's, like, all there is to gameplay wise in a way I can understand
1: that but I, I just then look back at unity and realize how close was that map for it? side quests. oh that was too oh, many are
0: you crazy I will agree with you on that game there's a lot of different collectibles but I don't know that's what I liked about it is that there was a, a wide variety of gameplay everything from collectibles to like the social club missions which was everything from, you know, assassination, stealth missions, to, like, chase stuff, to the murder mysteries, to, to the co-op missions, and everything. There was just a wide variety of gameplay. I don't know, I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I, I have uh, talked with other people before that are like, fuck the collectibles, that, like, they're just boring. But, I don't know, I have different, we all have different opinions on that. Um. Alright, I think we've covered this pretty good, do you have anything uh, you want to add to this, or uh, or should we move on?
1: Here we can move on.
0: All right. So the final thing I want to talk about is, given that the Assassin's Creed franchise has seen a massive change of direction in recent years, resulting in the fan base becoming polarized and even hardcore fans slowly falling off, do you think the Assassin's Creed community is one of the key factors keeping the franchise alive?
1: Again, I am slightly mixed on this one. I. Do believe from what I've seen that the community is one of the strongest gaming communities out
0: there? Absolutely.
1: I do Absolutely. think it is keeping the game alive because they're the ones that are always in the ear, badgering Ubisoft to change, to evolve, and I think that's going to keep pushing it. But I think one of the biggest key factors that's keeping it alive is the constant fact that it's trying to evolve, to find a new identity, to bring new members, to upgrade the community, and. Upgrade's a weird way to say it, but a lot of my friends never played Assassin's Creed, but then they played Origins, and now they've gone back and played all the old ones, and they've now p- become part of the community. Yeah. So I really think it's the... Community is one of the strongest I've ever seen, and Absolutely, it is helping I mean. keep it up, Absolutely. but I think it's its strive to always evolve is the other thing that's keeping it going. Cause Syndicate, it did feel stale and it was losing its identity and it could have died off but origins is proof that it could evolve bigger to pull more fans in and try and give the fans more ideas
0: yeah I mean I guess you are you're kind of right I mean I I became an Assassin's Creed first time I played Assassin's Creed was somewhat late it was like in the late 2014 it was like throughout 2015 um, early 2016 that I like got more and more integrated into the Assassin's Creed community and started making more friends and such, in that community, but I always loved it, um, as you know, I, I, um, as I met more people and such, because it's, it's so nice, like, everyone's, I've talked, may have talked about this before, but it's one of those communities where, like, everyone is welcome, no matter if you're, like, uh, a YouTuber with, like, 100,000 subscribers, if you're, or if you're just, like, a small-time podcaster, like, um, like you and me, perhaps, um, like you're always welcome and people are so nice and one of the best things is also like that the developers really care like you know Ubisoft choosing star players flying them out to LA for E3 and whatnot I mean that's a pretty good example of like them really rewarding the most loyal community members you know like the most passionate fans um, so like I-, I love the community but my as I, as I said perhaps said earlier that like the Assassin's Creed franchise, in my eyes nowadays, has gone stale, and I've seen other other people I I know in the community say the same thing that like the reason they've stayed around this long is because of the community, you know, all the people they know, and you know the good vibes that come from it, and all that stuff. But they don't really care about the games anymore.
1: I'm a bit divisive because I jumped onto AC One with a week of it coming out wow. because I was obsessed ago. with Prince of Persia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 13 and, years ago now, holy crap. I've yeah.
1: stayed on board. I didn't join the community until 2010. I was very antisocial. And I just, I've always loved the creativity, the fluidity of the community. And I wouldn't have done my podcast if it wasn't for the community oh, because
0: yeah,
1: I love how the community will just stop and talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the times, you can come up with the most backwards comp- uh, theories to the gameplay. Absolutely. with the fans and Absolutely. it's fun
0: i mean that's that's why i wanted to start doing this thing in what was it uh about four years ago in 2016 now it was the the same thing and as i said i hadn't been i'd only been an ac fan for about a year and a half there but it was literally all those theories i had like return a future character or a, or a return of a, like fan favorite characters everybody from shake to etzio and stuff to like just theories on like future historic locations and whatnot you know that is what uh what i wanted to do and i okay you know what this might uh everyone i know in the ac community might hate me for saying this but uh but i'm not gonna lie i i still love doing this podcast of course you know talking to all sorts of people and just talking bunch. Oh, a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of stuff um, with all of you. I do love that, but I don't know. I just haven't been as passionate about like Assassin's Creed, like covering you know all the like actual news in recent years. You know, as you said, it's that theory stuff, especially related to the like two thousand nine to twenty fifteen era that I love covering the most still today.
1: I'm a bit. I don't know. Maybe it's because I do have an addiction series, but. I think because the games are always evolving and they're always changing, I always find new things to be passionate about. Syndicate, I did lose a bit of passion because it just felt Unity 2.0, but Origins drew me back with this new world, new combat, new ways to play. Odyssey, I know, is diversive, but I love the freedom
0: and I love the abilities. Because Syndicate will probably be my second favorite AC game. Um, I don't know. It's it's just a very vibrant world and lots of, lots of things to do. And if anything, the London map is super fun to you know, uh, rope around and and uh, ride around and climb around and everything. Um, and there was a good variety of gameplay and um, and and the map too was beautifully animated. Like London is one of my favorite cities as well. So you know, being able to explore like the industrial version of it is pretty cool. And when Origins came out, like I'm I'm not going to lie. I wasn't really I didn't have many expectations for the game. But I still got it. I I just couldn't really get invested in it, but after shortly after that, it was actually the first time I played Unity and that was just like a major relief because, you know, it was a return to like the traditional AC formula which which, you know, is my favorite, you know, with like memory sequences and overall just more structured gameplay. Uh like, it's still open world, of course, but it's still just attached, structured, and there's a bigger variety of gameplay.
1: I, I do agree. I, I I think for me, uh, from playing for so long, by the time I got to Unity and Syndicate, the biggest thing that's put me off was combat. Combat became too easy in Assassin's Creed. If you play 2 and Black Flag, the combat was just too easy. If
0: in, uh, you in play. Syndicate. Black flag. uh, Oh, 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 yeah, of course. It was literally B counter, X kill.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and (gasps) Unity did change it by having a bit of a parry system, but I still find Unity a bit easy. I've not actually died in Unity from combat. I've only died from Unity from my own mistakes of free running. And to me, it's going to sound silly. But a game where you can just play the entire thing without dying, kind of just feels too easy. There's no risk for reward.
0: Yeah, I. And
1: I guess that was just my been. put off.
0: But I think overall that I, I think we've we've covered this pretty good. But I guess to kind of summarize it, that like the Assassin's Creed f- franchise, I guess, I mean, in reality, it, it like. All the games, pretty much, even before I, I started playing them, has polarized fans, I guess. You probably know more about this than me. Um, but I hear even, like, AC3, there were a lot of double opinions on that back in the day, like in 2012, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Um, I, I, I just think I heard some people say it kind of sucked and it just didn't really add to anything, especially after the Ezio trilogy, which was, like, world-class
1: fans have been polarized since um since day one of course from what i've seen um there's some fans that hate desmond some fans that love him some fans that don't like the Ezio trilogy some fans that do some fans hate black flag but some fans love it i
0: i can't help but feel like the like the falling out point let's call it that for assassin's creed like it kind of started with unity in a way that, like, the game was rushed. It was pretty much unplayable when when it came out. And, you know, that just had a lot of people falling off, not really caring for, you know... As you said, like, Syndicate didn't really leave a big impression on you. Uh, while a lot of other people gave it, like, 9 out of 10 sets. Huge, like, uh, you know, big return. Like, fixes all Unity's mistakes and just, just a really fun, fun time. Um, and I hadn't played Unity at the time, but I enjoyed Syndicate syndicate a lot and still do every now and then today it's especially I'd say also because there I have been like uh, with AC for for a longer uh, a longer while but like it was with the new formula you know origins odyssey that like I feel like and I can especially feel that in the community that like uh, you know some of the people I've met and talked to and stuff like have really stated that like you know it's the community and the people is the reason they're staying nowadays otherwise they would probably have quit AC a long time ago
1: and uh, I think AC does have one of the strongest communities and Absolutely. I will even if the games stop being made I will still stay part of AC just for the community
0: Absolutely. but at the same sure.
1: time the community has been divisive since as long as I've been playing Assassin's Creed <laughs> so Absolutely. I really don't think the polarization has anything to do with origins at the moment
0: yeah I don't know, I mean, not that I would say origins, but I, I it was maybe Odyssey that actually started causing causing some con, con- controversy, I guess. That like, you know, yes. the fact that it was like it just didn't really have any assassin aspect to it whatsoever. But it was more I think Ubisoft set themselves. It was more about explaining some of the like historical moments that would lead to the creation of the Assassin Templar conflict. You know, because it takes place like 400 years before the Brotherhood was even formed,
1: and it has a pseudo Templar order, which, when you play it and you kill all the cultists, you technically help create the Templar order. That is a pivotal point of Assassin's Creed Law. Absolutely, you essentially help create it.
0: Yeah, it's I guess it's uh, it's hubris related or something. It's kind of like you. I don't know what to call it but i I can definitely see the wisdom in it, let's call it that yeah that that you like that your own moral like i guess ultimately arrogant decisions actually lead to something way worse that, like, they, uh, i I can definitely see the wisdom in it so uh, so yeah, but I guess to kind of summarize this that like even if the games have like inspe- i i i'm gonna hop on the train that I've lost interest in the franchise over the years and I'm not gonna lie. I'm not even sure if I'm gonna get Valhalla because I Don't know. Yes, it's Viking and I'm Scandinavian myself, but I don't know I'm just not sold so far like based on everything we've seen that there's just nothing that like I need to get this game Right now when it comes out because based on the gameplay we've seen it just looks like Sure, I'd be able to play it and have fun with it, but for how long like are we talking 50 hours gameplay, then I don't play it for a long time or are we talking 500 hours of gameplay or something, you know? Um, so even if I'm unsure of that and if I've kind of fallen off in recent years, I absolutely still love the community and it's done that I've met so many people uh, like from all over the world, uh, UK, US, Australia, uh, everywhere in between, uh, that I wouldn't have met otherwise. And yeah, I, I will absolutely stay stand by the community. Um, always. Absolutely.
1: Same here. I'm, yeah. I'm addicted. I'm not going <laughs> to stop until the games stop. That's an honest truth. I fell in love with Valhalla once sort started of gameplay, so I pre-ordered. Oh, yeah. But if the games stop, I will never leave the franchise because... My podcast exists because yeah. of the community. And my if, and, friends and if anything, exist because of this. Absolutely.
0: And if anything, remember what once was. Like, I just played some Brotherhood the other day. I love that game still. And I have, like, I started a few months ago a replay of Black Flag that I have yet to finish, but oh my god, I still love that game. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, and also, you know, they're not my favorites, but, like, Unity. Is still cool and Syndicate is still cool as well, and just the other yet the other games in between, like in that like 2009 to 2015 space, like they have a special place in my heart. No question. No question. Is
1: it wrong to say I love all of them?
0: (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, And as I said, it's not that Origins is a bad game. It's just it's just not necessarily a great Assassin's Creed game, and there are some gameplay wise choices that I feel like that I didn't really connect with, but, hell, my opinion is worth just as much as yours. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have uh, anything to add to this, or anything you want to ask me, before we uh, slowly wrap this up?
1: Uh, I think that covers it. My mind's drawn a blank. All right,
0: that's cool. <laughs> All right, I think we've covered a lot of interesting stuff, everything from, like, Ubisoft, their future, Ubisoft as a whole, their future, and... The Assassin's Creed and uh, franchises uh, like yeah the future of the franchise and and everything in between so um, yeah all right um, but then I think we'll just slowly wrap this up I want to thank everyone then for watching and listening to episode 14 of the Memory Gordor here and I hope all of you enjoyed listening to us cover this strange but important topic nonetheless To stay up to date on everything The Memory Corridor and more things Assassin's Creed, such as some AC gaming photography, links to my Twitter and Instagram will be in the description below, should you be interested in checking that out. And be sure to follow Declan here as well, should it be. Links to his socials and uh, podcasts and all that stuff will be in the description as well. And finally, keep an eye out for more podcasts coming sooner or later here on The Ones Who Came Before. And as always, if any of you have feedback or topic ideas for the podcast, Feel free to uh, share it in the description below, and I will, uh, yeah, keep it in consideration. Now, once again, thanks for watching and listening, everyone. I hope to see all of you again for future episodes, and until those come out, stay safe and keep this strong and awesome community what it is, and uh, I think we just verified that on today's episode, so, uh, (laughs) yeah. And also, finally, thanks to Declan here for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a
1: great time, and hope you can bring me back
0: <laughs> absolutely and as i said i'll happily return the favor and uh, appear on uh, one of yours one day so uh yeah all right uh that sums it up for episode 14 of the memory quarter then stay safe and active everyone see you later assassins peace